today's podcast episode is a little bit different. It's the first one I'm recording online. And who better to do it with than with Adela? She's a storyteller and has her own podcast and YouTube channel called Making It in Austria. Originally from Bosnia, her and her husband came to Austria to change the world. Adela and her family are proud owners of the Austrian citizenship since last year. Immigration Stories Austria. Hello, Adela. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, can you quickly introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you yet? Um, yes. Yes, thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me on your on your podcast. I love the story and the, the, the idea that you have put out there. First of all, uh, my name is Adela. Uh, we are recording this out of Vienna. At least I am. I'm sitting in beautiful Vienna. It's a, such a nice weather today. Uh, it's sunny. Uh, but cold, still cold, no snow. So, uh, and my name is Adela. I um, have also my own podcast or so to say YouTube channel called Making It in Austria. And that's what brought us, uh, Barbara and myself together. So this is one of the things, one of the projects I do um, next to my full-time job uh, where I am in the teleco, teleco industry, tech industry. Uh, I do business development and sales uh, for a software company uh, called Maboko out of here from Austria. And uh, with them, we do like global projects uh, on telcos and digitalization and digital transformation. So I will not bother you much, much about that. It's quite exciting. I could talk for, for days about it, uh, but um, let's come back to the topic that we are here. So mm -hmm. I'm Bosnian uh, since uh, this year, since actually last year from June, I am also Austrian. So my whole Congratulations. family is also Austrian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been a proud moment. You know, we, we, uh, we, we are now jumping to the topic, but basically it was a, a long discussion in our family. So it's a, our family, it's a small family. It's my husband, uh, Zlatko, who's also Bosnian. Um, we got married and so we both studied in Bosnia. We grew up in Bosnia. We come from the northern western part of Bosnia, from Krajina. And we both studied in Sarajevo. We never thought about leaving, leaving Bosnia and leaving Bosnia for any other countries or continents or whatsoever. Uh, so we went through the through the war, so through the the, the, the war in, in the in 90s that some of you might remember. I was a small kid. My husband is a few years uh, older. Uh, so we went through that. So we we rebuilt. Basically, we went lived again in a country that rebuilt itself and still is rebuilding. If you know a little bit about history of Bosnia and Herzegovina. And we we did our schools there. Then we started. We went on to Sarajevo for the university. Uh, we studied there, both of us in the in the in the tech um, uh, from technical backgrounds. He did civil engineering. I did the electrical engineering, just like my brother. You know, big brother, mm -hmm. little sister. So that's how it goes. Uh, I followed the path, and I never regretted uh, a moment. Mm -hmm. And basically, when we when we graduated and we started working there, uh, for me it was just this feeling of it, this is too small. Basically, it's like feeling like I could do, I can do more, you know, I can do more. Yeah. I, I, and, and especially I want to see more. I want to experience more because I told you like the way we grew up in very scarce resources and 
thankfully we are alive, yeah, because we lost some relatives and, and you know, during the war, it was some people lost everything, you know, and after that, you know, it's like against scarce resources, you know, growing up in a village, you know, doing our best, you know, going to school, going and to university. How did you decide to move to Austria then, like from considering Bosnia is too yeah. small for you, how did you pick Austria in that process? Again, again, it, it came down to few things and that's also being very close to, to our families. You know, because we said we cannot, I, I cannot imagine living in the, in the US, even though, you know, Bosnia has a huge community, uh, you know, that diaspora is there. And there was many relatives there, but I was like, okay, I cannot leave, you know, Europe. I want to be close to our families. And you always have this thinking of if something happens, if they need us, and we of course want to visit them and we want to see them, we want to be close. So that was also one of the things that we considered, right? We want, didn't want to move far, far, far away. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's only six hours drive by car to see our family or it's like less than an hour flight to to Sarajevo. Mm -hmm. so i'm now doing some you know marketing and you know promoting bosnia so if you haven't been in Sarajevo, <laughs> so please do so second thing was because we didn't have a job so when when we had jobs in, in bosnia both of us in, in Sarajevo, so in our respective fields and we were happy there and you know we had it well there, right? We we really had it. Our friends were there. Mm -hmm. uh, we started building our life together. We got married. We were just start, started thinking, okay, so where do we see ourselves in our, you know, do we want to start family here? Do we want to, you know, buy, buy an apartment? You know, all these things that you think about when you, you know, when you graduate, when you have this first job, you have the first salary, you feel like, okay, this feel, feels good. Okay, what do we do next as a family? And then it was like, okay, do we want to start family there in Sarajevo? Or do we want to, you know, think about to do other things that we also wanted through the life, but never had the opportunity, right? Because mm -hmm. Bosnia was far away. It's, it's in Europe, but it's not in a European Union. So it's a very different life if you want to, you know, come to, to Europe. You cannot, right? Mm -hmm. Just like that, because you need a visa. You need a purpose for, to yeah. do that. And it's limited. So it's different, even though it's like very, very close, but it's still uh, have, have to be some things... Um, Mm -hmm. taking care of it and it's been better it's it's improving year after year so now uh you see many students i know many many students who come from uh from bosnia to study in austria mm -hmm. they stay here they live here they have families or they even continued you know studying or living abroad so for us austria was for a reason because we are bosnian citizens back then in 2000 12 and 2013 when we made the decision and we said in Austria you can come on a student visa and you can stay here for at least a year and you can learn the language and we thought in this one year that we got the opportunity to get this red white uh, or mm -hmm. uh, visa we can stay here and this was our chance so this is basically mm -hmm. what that we were betting on that in mm -hmm. this that we will get the student visa that first, the, the, the technical university here in Vienna will approve us to give us the, the you know the, the paper mm -hmm. so we can admit for the visa, and that in that one one year we actually gave ourselves six months because that's the budget we had. We had around eleven thousand euros, which is a prerequisite you have to put in a bank account when you come as a student from the outside of Europe, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot yeah. because you have to make sure or you have to mm -hmm. prove to the Austrian government that or that you. Mm -hmm. will not be a cost let's just so, um quickly back up a little bit yeah. <laughs> because we're going yeah. already into your story um i can see you're really really passionate because you it's my life Barbara. yeah you've you've <laughs> built this and you have lived through it and it's beautiful to see that you became a thought leader on this topic um so 
I, I suggest we start with your story first and you explain first what how did you come to Austria why did you decide on a student visa you're already starting to tell about yes the 11,000 euros you need to have in your bank yep. account and I will ask you questions on that and then we can go into the topic of how you became a thought leader in this field and now help other people with your with your YouTube channel with it um, okay. so um, yeah let's let's dive into your story you said you came here into 2012 that's like almost 11 years I'm sure a lot has changed in the meantime but um, the 11,000 years I don't think they have changed <laughs> I don't think still, so I I, yeah. I I know the actual number it's I think it's now adjusted to the inflation but that's mm -hmm. more or less the student visa has I believe might change I don't know maybe from one year to two years uh, the, the first one but I, I'm not sure but I'll tell you this so in 2012 we made the decision in 2013 we started you know getting the papers you know basically sending the, the the papers from Bosnia with the DHL so because that we were like okay that's the best the the, the most proven way that they yeah. will get these papers so the technical university gets our papers and they ask us this simple question why do you want to do again the masters because you already have it and it's recognized in austria so mm -hmm. you don't have you can i can go with my basically what they were telling us you can go with this master to any company or you, maybe you want to do a phd whatever but this is this is solid so you don't have to repeat it mm -hmm. we we have an email discussion with them and we say please grant us this because this is the way how we can enter austria and have a reason to stay for a year otherwise we don't have a reason to stay and have an insurance and be uh, you know registered here and look for an apartment and look for a job and learn the language mm -hmm. right yeah so this this is the reason so we tell them grant us so they give us this paper with this paper we thought okay we are in we get you know we get the insurance we I spent months finding someone that can, you know, register me to do the melded settle here because it's really? not easy. Yes, ah. because I didn't know anyone, right? How mm -hmm. who, if I come to you now and I tell Barbara, can you register me to your apartment? You know, maybe yeah. you will do it now because we know each other. But if someone, you know, outside of Bosnia from through Facebook or LinkedIn writes to this message, you will say like what is this is a scam so it really took me some time to find someone that will do that and you know there's this requirement at least that you have need 10 square meters per person so in in the apartment so mm -hmm. it's it's also uh, good to mention so basically we get the paper we str uh, struggle to find this place to, so to, to register to get the mail etc we get it we come here and then uh, the, uh, okay on the bus to Austria, where I came here to Vienna to find an apartment for myself, for us actually, for the family alone. Uh, I met a lady who tells me like, okay, I'll help you on a bus ride. And she found finds me the apartment. So oh, this, wow. This is, and she keeps it for more than three months for us without us paying any cent for it. And she even grants us to come earlier into this apartment so we can put our stuff. This is a different story. We will recover that. But I just wanted to tell you that there are so many things that can happen that you cannot, you know, you cannot think about it. Then, you know, basically I'm on a bus and trying to look for an apartment for us. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, we are limited on a budget. So we basically, um, yeah, so that is always in 2013. We just follow the process. We we had some people that we could ask that went through the same process, right? So Bosnian mm -hmm. um, um, men and women who came here, studied here, or just 
got married, came here for, or maybe for a PhD. So basically we gathered some information. We visited the EMA 35 page. We knew a little bit about what means to deal with the EMA 35, because there was also a forum on Facebook back then. You know, that was like almost 10 years ago. It's a different story now. There's mm -hmm. much more information. So basically there's, and there are horror stories like, oh my God, the papers that they will ask you additionally to the papers that are on the website or that someone heard of someone, you know, these stories, mm -hmm. we were terrified. We were really terrified, but we, you know, it's like, okay, but we will submit the papers and then let's see. So basically they grant us. So we have all the papers, the MR35 in the, you know, speedy uh, time, they grant us, both of us to my husband and myself, they grant us the visa, the student visa. So, and then that was in, in summer of 2013. In September, we move here. So we, I told you we already have an apartment. We already have some uh, savings, some cash on the bank account. We already are insured. So then we say, okay, we start learning the language, you know, the mm -hmm. German language and start looking for a job because that's the reason why we came here. We came here to look for a job. I, just to make on a sure side, I just, started uh, doing some classes also at the technical university because I wanted to make sure if something wrong goes wrong at the, with the job and I need to extend the visa, right? The student, I need to show them that I did some work or and some classes during the, this time. So I go there, I go to the technical university. I get a real shock because I don't see women in classes. Really? Okay. Yes. And the only few women that I see on the students, I see in the classes at the Technical University, telecommunication is my specialization. I see only women uh, that are doing, that are coming to Austria to Erasmus, like from France or from, from Spain. So, and they're here for like, I don't know, six months or so, and they continue their studies abroad. So that was a, a very big shock for me. The good, it's uh, the, the positive, it was I had a, a female, you know, the, the, the professor. Mm -hmm. And Zabi, she's fantastic. And I learned so much. I was curious, you know, I came here, I was like, okay, I'm from Bosnia. I'm coming from a new European country. I want to come to the technical, you know, technical university is an institution that everybody's, you know, dreaming about, talking about. So I come there and I said, okay, the full room uh, of people. And I want to see what they are, what they are studying here. So not much different than, than, than what we studied basically in, in Bosnia. So. Then I start learning the language and I start, my husband is studying uh, German uh, through semester courses that they have at the, at the technical university. I couldn't attend those ones because master studies telecommunications are in English. So I couldn't do, do those semester courses. I do through the Deutsche Academy, which is mm -hmm. a fantastic school as well for, um, that I did uh, intensive classes. I started with the B1 and mm -hmm. I did every single day learning German. Half wow. of the day learning German, half of the day is basically uh, looking for jobs. Wow, that's dedication. Did you have any, do you have any tips for learning German? Because when you say you studied every day, did you yeah. do daily interactions or who did you practice with? I went to the classes every single day. They have these intense classes. I, at the at beginning, I did four days, then I moved to five days, three wow. hours at least. And then I came back to the four days because five days, every single day is, was too hard. And it's not, it was not that productive and you know, efficient as I thought. So basically I, we, there are so-called st Stammtisch. Mm -hmm. 
also at, at, I, I think it was organized through schools and nowadays it, there's many different other opportunities on Facebook and people you know, learning from your language and, and you learn my language. So basically it was mostly to the school, mm -hmm. you know, three, three more than three hours. And then you had the homework and then you just continued basically. Uh, and this is, this is, was my, my journey. Uh, and in addition, you know, you meet people and uh, we were living here basically so that the interaction, everything was in, as you know, in Vienna, everything is in German, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to the Metro, everything what's spoken, it will be in German. If you, if you go to the supermarkets in German. So it's a, that was the reason for why we said, okay, we, we need to come here. And that was back then. So we can really learn the language. We can learn the culture and we can meet the people, the companies, Back then, you know, remote work or working from home or having interviews online was not an option, right? Or it's at not yeah. least for me. So nowadays, maybe it's quite probably different. But for us, it was that the reason was we need to come into into this into into Vienna to Vienna directly so we can get the, the much as possible and we can get you know our minds thinking everything about, you know, it's all about journey and it's all about meeting people and it's all about, you know, finding that job. And it took me uh, less than three months to find a job. Uh, you know, I, I came in the end of September, I immediately in October, I started the classes and meeting a few new people applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. And congratulations, about, what was your first job? My first job went longer than, than, you know, it's like a first job a year. Uh, it was at Tele2, mm -hmm. a company that was in the meantime, it's a Swedish company that was a telecom operator, was here in, in Austria, meantime sold to, the, to Hutchinson, right? Uh, it was my first very position was sales trainee. It was fantastic. It was the best ever. I tell if someone ever, you know, if you come to a country and they offer you a training, a training position, and the reason why, because when I finished my master's studies in Sarajevo, I worked a couple of years also as a, as a team leader in, the, in, in, in sales and business development for, an, uh, for a Bosnian American company. And I did lead a team of more than 10 people and I had students as well working part-time hours. But when you come to a new country, so at least that was my way of thinking. So I came to a new country, I have this degree, I have this experience, I know English, but I know a very little bit of German. So it was very important for me to get the grasp, the idea of, um, of the career market, you know, of the companies here in Austria. That was my first thing that I did. So I didn't send hundreds of CVs a day. Let's say, let's put it that way. I sat in front of career.ati, this mm -hmm. is the website that I can recommend. Yeah. And I sat there and I looked at into job descriptions, every single job description that might, you know, fit my profile. And I said, okay, what are they looking? Aha, uh -huh, the years of experience. What are the prerequisites? Is this something for me? Right? It wasn't about the qualification. You know, I don't fit into qualification, but it was like, is this something for me? Is this something that if I send their CV, if my CV is going to catch attention? Is mm -hmm. this something that I want to go after it? But and I think that's that, a good approach as well, that you look for what you want for yourself rather than what your qualifications fit on, because you want to foster your own skills. And I think uh, in this case, it was mostly German as well, that the company can provide you with training in that knowledge that you want to acquire, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So it not, it's not about numbers. I tell you, I, I sent what, 
but what I maybe few CVs, really few, to really large corporations, never heard from them. So the second approach was I want to meet the companies, right? Mm -hmm. I want them to see me. I want to shake their hand. I want to tell my story. I'm here. I'm looking for a job. I exist. You know, it's not. It, 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 I'm a real person. You know, I have this yeah. qualification. I want to achieve something. Let's see if the, if this works. And this was really something that I can highly recommend to everyone. And back then there was one event that a friend of a friend told me about it and, and made me really go to it because I didn't want to, you know, expose it. It's one thing to say it in your head, but the other thing is exposing yourself to you know, new people and telling your story over and over and over again. So basically, uh, Amela told me we have to go to career calling. It's a good event. You'll get the opportunity to meet companies. You know, you get the opportunity to yeah. kind of practice yourself in your, and, and pitch yourself basically at the end of the day. So we went there and I met a couple of companies. I gave my CVs. I got a really, really good feedback. They said, okay, this is fantastic. And they were all very, you know, about the story, you know, packing your suitcase and leaving everything behind and coming here and starting from the scratch. And for them, it was like, they will never forget it. And with few people, I also stayed in contact over the years. And we chat on LinkedIn from time to time, how's everything? And I will, will never forget the, 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 you know, the way these people approached because they were curious and they were interested and they were warm and they were generous. And they said, okay, we will look into it. Or they said, we don't have a position for you. And that's okay because it's not about, you know, uh, promises and so on. So they said, we don't have anything. If something opens, let's keep in touch. That's more than enough. But at career calling, you know, I came there and I saw Tele2, you know, and I knew the brand. I knew the brand from Croatia because there is Tele2 in Croatia and they had really, really good commercials. You know, it's about the black sheep. It's about different, being different. It's about being unique. It's going your ways. It's trying new things, it's being a challenger. And this is their whole message, right? So I go to their stand, to their booth, and I talk to Fabienne, who was the who was the HR back then. I talk to Alex, who was my first manager, and I tell them, I show them my CV. You know, I have my CV printed out. I show them my their my CV. We're sitting there on a bench. It's an it's a nice, you know, nice weather out there. You know, it's November, it's sunny. We I tell them, look, I know a little bit of German. I tried in, in German. I was B1 back then. Mm -hmm. And they said, and my CV was in English. And they said, okay, we can you know, German, your German is really good. Your German is perfect. And they tell me there, look, we are starting a trainee program next year. And we think that you will be a great candidate for it. Um, we'll take your CV. I spoke to Alex, who was my, my, then my direct manager. And, you know, why don't you apply? So let's have an interview. And that was like, and on top of that, they say, of course, it's paid. It grants me the the Rotweisrot visa, mm -hmm. the the work permit. I tell them like I'm Bosnian and need to, we need to go through the whole process. They say that's fine. We did it once, and even the HR had a one or the other contact at Magistrat back mm -hmm. then, so they can follow up and ask and also call and and make it urgency. Uh, and they said it's all our company wide uh, language is English, and we will pay you extra classes, but extra classes, you know, for, for, for German. German. Yeah. Exactly. And this was, you know, 
at the event, I go, you know, home and then you, of course, like, yeah, you, you know, there's the first interview and it was like, you know, done. Basically, it was a couple of words, a couple of sentences of exchange. And when you know, when you understand one another, right? When mm -hmm. you have the feeling, okay, we speak the same language. The second interview was with the with the CEO and the, my and the, the head of, you know, director of business. Mm -hmm. Very fast. And when I came home, I had, uh, um, when I came home, in the meantime, I was interviewing for uh, uh, for assistant position at the technical university, which I got, but they were too late. You know, they were they sent me contract very late. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, when I came home from that interview, I saw missed call, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh my god, they are calling me to tell me that I didn't get the job, right? Because it was all so fast and so great, right? It's just mm -hmm. like within a week, or actually within two weeks, you had everything. You know, it's like the, you think you came here and you will have to struggle, you will have to put so much effort, you will have to do this and that, and and, and we plan six months and two weeks, you get it. So I was like waiting and waiting to call them back. I called them back. I finally get the courage. I called them back. I called Fabienne and said, okay, yeah, I saw you. I missed call. I said, you got the job. The contract will be in your, really be in your inbox and we'll go through the process. We'll prepare the paper, we papers for the, for the visa. We will support you. And here's the contact of another great lady, Tanya, that is also starting and she's Croatian. Maybe you too want to get in, have a coffee coffee and help one another that's so beautiful <laughs> that it all worked out so quick yes it's it's insane Barbara it's mm -hmm. really it, it's nothing it's it's those things and I had few of those um major things in my life where you just get not predicted it's beyond your prediction right mm -hmm. I, it's beyond what you can, you know, realize for yourself. Like, okay, if they, if they, if I just get the interview, if I just get the first one, and I will show this, and and then you get like go through. It's like on a slope, just like yeah. bam, bam, one, two, three, done. Yeah, but it's uh, nice to see that you, um, c considering you're such a good storyteller as well, that this is something that sticks with people, that your message shines through, your ambition shines through, and people recognize it. And I know it says on your LinkedIn profile as well, you're a networking queen, <laughs> <laughs> that um, people remember you for that reason and that it grows and then the generosity of your network grows as well because um, later on you, you did start the YouTube channel, you did start to give back, you support people who go through the process and teach them what you know. So Absolutely. that's beautiful, actually, really <laughs> nice that you that it developed into this kind of um, way. But now that you had the red, red, red card, um, right, in the process, yeah. it was pretty yeah. straightforward to um, get to citizenship or did you have any other hurdles that were thrown your way? Uh, for me, basically, uh, it was very fast as well. I don't know. I think that the word fast will stay with our listeners, but it was very straightforward for the citizenship, even though we, of course, we, we asked around before we, we submitted, you know, we asked some, mm -hmm. some of our friends and some colleagues and, and most of them actually, they had really not that good experience. And for some of them was also the reason that they kind of start this process before or just the moment Corona hit. 
mm. and then it was everything was broken you know the, the, the communication channels were broken not having a chance to to go in face to face and then just talk to people and meet them and you know bring the papers or whatever so for some of them was also that the reason uh for us basically from the moment my husband uh initiate the process so he called there and them and asked for a you know contact and they called back they said okay you know he sat on the phone actually half an hour with them and just giving them uh everything about our history so when did we came here when when was the first mm. employment how much you know are we working now back then i was on a maternity leave uh so how much do we earn and all these things you know they they mm -hmm. every single detail so that was important for them so our education language and so on and basically once they once they had those they sent us a quick list with with everything so with you know highlighting in really in yellow what does it mean so what do we have to prepare and they said once you have these papers prepared they call us and make an appointment face to face which mm -hmm. we did which we did for people who are considering listening this and considering applying so what we would advise is once they tell you go and prepare the papers and call us once you have it basically call them the next week and say i have the papers let's make an appointment why mm -hmm. because the once you have the papers it will take you some month month or two maybe even so like that to collect the papers but once you have the paper and you call them doesn't mean the next week they will give you an appointment it might mean they will give you an appointment in two months Mm -hmm. right so this is you have time in between so make good good use of that time and because we call them and they say okay in a month and a half we have the next uh, free appointment which in our case it was all good it, it didn't harm the whole pro process but i'm just saying there's this opportunity as mm -hmm. well so basically we call them we get go there the whole the three of us our daughter was not um was with us she's soon two years mm -hmm. uh we all go there and we bring our papers it was very straightforward pretty fast we have an appointment they do the paper and they say okay now we have to wait so we 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 counted with you know years basically that it will take for for us to get this because you know we are not extraordinary in any sense let's put it that way so compared to all our friends and and uh, colleagues that had to wait but within less than four months they call us and say it's approved you know wow. it's, it's done congratulations again <laughs> thank you so it yeah. feels this this feels like a lottery call with you yeah. Barbara ding ding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wow. No, but how how long was the process in overall considering when you applied, when you handed in the papers to when you got it? Overall, the process from the very, very first call to the point where we are holding the whole, the three of us, our passports, it's a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is nothing, you mm -hmm. know, but because it's uh, there, you have some accepting appointments in the meantime and, and this and that. But basically, it was very fast, very straight, mm -hmm. very straightforward. And I really have to say that we had a really, really good um, person that in charge. 
mm-hmm. of the whole process that was very responsive and, and, and very open to communicate with us that used to call us and we would call back because as you know, I think it was like last year, year before, there's kind of service center or call center mm-hmm. around Emma 35. So basically, if you miss a call from them, that was in our case, I would call back them again and I say, okay, look, I had missed call from I assume it's this person. We submitted for this uh, papers for the citizenship. Please have them call back. So this worked pretty well. And as well, we used the email communication and mm-hmm. this worked as well. So I must say that it wasn't really, um, you know, a lot of, lot of pain. It was yeah. really kind it of- sounded, s- It sounds really smooth. And um, yeah, after, after this happened, um, I think their services stepped up quite a lot as well. And they're doing a really good job in answering all emails and communication in general. So go Emma 35. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I had my beef with them some time ago. I had so, so things that were delayed. I had because the when I gave birth, so when I became a mom, when we, we became parents, we were we were Bosnian citizens. Mm-hmm. And for a Bosnian citizen here, that means that we had to go to the whole process for our daughter. And it was still in Corona time and was still mm-hmm. in the lockdowns. And then you know how restrained everything was. So for us, it was like getting her the, the, the firstly, the, the, the passport, the Bosnian passport, mm-hmm. which took some, some time and uh, to speed it up, we had to, you know, there's a speedy process, but cost quite some money. Uh, traveling was not back then that much an option because with yeah. a small baby alone here, Corona raging out there. So the second thing was she needed to get the visa as well, right? Yeah. Even though she's born here, but she's not, she is a Bosnian uh, citizen as we are. So she had to get the visa. So for us, it also took some time to figure out, okay, which papers mm-hmm. and which formulas, what do we have to submit? Where do we submit it? With help of people. So this is also quite important. Find people who did the same like you did mm-hmm. uh you know and we found we asked a friend who asked a friend who asked a friend and then we got the you know uh, the person that we could talk to and he gave us you know shortcuts you know he said don't send it in, in a per mail or don't send it per post print it out fill it in and go there because they uh, in front of magistrate they had boxes go there and put it in the box you know okay just like that so we did it he said he he said it's my third child i did it for every single one of them and it worked every single time and in a week we had the confirmation and they asked us to fill another form but you know it's we we knew okay they accepted it they received it It, we are in the process Mm -hmm. because considering you got your um you got your child in austria and um she's a bosnian citizen was there any difficulties with getting childcare as well and or maternity leave and this kind of things that's a really good question barbara and this is this is the beef that i had i told you with magistrat Mm. finance amped with uh, not with the ogk this insurance they were pretty fast they were really pretty fast but they all the other things had to fall in place in order for them to grant the money. So basically in Austria for, for the new moms, which means if you're not an, uh, not an Austrian, it, it means um, after the child, I think two months is old and it stops. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you have not submitted the paperwork, that means the, the, the visa and the passport uh, to respective finance armed who has to, you know, the, the tax service who has to approve it. Once they look into the documents and approve it, then you get this uh, familian by Hilfe 
which comes monthly and every child in Austria in as is it's born here I think or if even if it's only under 18 months it gets this monthly um, mm -hmm. payment uh, and then on top of that you have this um, Carence money. So it means on when I'm on the maternity leave, I have my money that gets paid not from true finance, but it gets paid through the insurance. So two different institutions. And basically, in order to get this going, you have to have the passport, you have to have the visa, which takes quite some time. Right? Yeah. And in the meantime, the whole process you have you, you as a mom and your child has to be insured. And this is if you if you don't submit this within two months of child's when the child after the child was born, that means they stop your insurance, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. Which is terrible. There's a missing link. Yeah. I have the re the you know I worked here for instance in my case. I have the means and I have the reason to get that money and to be insured. But because you know Emma thirty five for instance was late with the visa. That means for me, I have to wait for the visa. I cannot speed it up, right? Mm -hmm. So I wait. And that means I'm not insured anymore. And they don't tell me. So because that was a big shock for me. And it, I, I've seen moms waiting you know, at the, the doctor's service with me and crying there because they didn't know that they are not insured anymore. And it was, you know, you are so emotional after giving a birth that if something just if someone just looks you <laughs> strangely sometimes, it just mm -hmm. makes you cry or yeah. quite angry. And I see moms crying at the doctor's service because you know, firstly, they tell you oh, you're not insured, and you're like, what? I'm not insured. How is that possible? Secondly, that you have to pay, yeah. you know. And and that's a quite you know a lot of money to pay, or they tell you even you know the the official places tell you go and and get your own insurance private. That's a quite expensive. You don't get money mm. back. And secondly, they tell you insure yourself through your husband. But what if I don't have a husband, or what if my husband is not working? Mm -hmm. Who am I going to insure through? So there's a missing link there, basically. So this mm -hmm. is what I what I want to tell you. I don't I will not bother people anymore more about, about <laughs> it. But it's a it's a known fact. It's a known fact. And I see there's a group on Facebook called International Women in Vienna. There's a group on Facebook called Moms in, in Austria. And this is a topic that comes every so often. Mm -hmm. you know and you don't see i will link it in the podcast as well thank you and um thank yeah you. the resources really you've mentioned before as well um but yes that specifically because that is a topic that comes up really frequently and um i know insurance and when you have give birth it's not an easy time you need a lot of doctor's appointments and in being insured definitely would help yeah exactly exactly and and being informed by the insurance that look it's two months, you haven't submitted this paper, we haven't received it, or it's somewhere in the process. Look, it's a simple paper, you will, you're not insured anymore. So then it's a different story because I didn't, the reason why I had my insurance the whole time was because my husband said like, if they are not paying you, does it mean that you're not insured? Let's check it. So we called them basically. We were proactive upfront because mm. these are some things we're like, okay, as we had some experience in the past uh, and coming here as students, you know, you, you are kind of alerted to these things. Yeah. Okay, what does it mean? What does it mean? If, I'm, if they're not paying the money, does it mean I'm not insured? So basically it was our, us calling them and they said, yes, 
you're right, you will not be insured. So take care of this coinsurance. It goes really fast once you know, but they don't mm -hmm. inform you. They, this is this is the this is the point. So mm -hmm. basically, once we had the the, the paper from my daughter, the visa and the the, the passport for my for our daughter, so we submitted to Finansam and they took their time as well. And we are talking not about days and weeks, we're talking months. And finally, I managed to get someone over the phone who was quite surprised why my paper wasn't, uh, you know, it's a first child, you have the older document, just to press the button basically and have it running. Mm. And this is what happened. So basically for me, it took uh, six months to get my payment. So, mm -hmm. you know, to get the money and they retroactively paid everything what they owned okay. and the insurance started running uh, after that. So six but months without means, anything. Yeah, it means you would have had to have a little bit of um, savings to get you exactly. through the six months exactly. before they, they start paying, which exactly maybe not everyone can do. Exactly. And imagine single moms, so single parents, uh, parents. So what, what does it mean? So for me, it was like I was in a kind of luxury situation, but it's still my money, you know, it, and it's still my time. And this is, we have excessive administration in Austria. It's not like we are lacking people in administration administration right it's it's an it's known it's, it's a system it's it's you know uh working so these things should be patched together smoothly right mm -hmm. because I, I don't want to waste my time and I don't, i'm not about eager about calling every single day you know finance and or, or insurances or this and that, mm -hmm. those places and, and bothering people because it's, it's not the point these things should be patched even better mm -hmm. so that they run smoother that we don't you know uh, yeah it's i mean it's in their interest as well to get a smooth process because then they exactly. have less administration right they, um, exactly they yeah. talk to each other so it means yeah. like they, they are they should be more connected you know i shouldn't be you know pulling the strings so there mm. should be the process that, that flows so. a little bit smoother then we will not waste their time mm -hmm. and their and, and, and our you know, uh, so tax money. considering you had uh, different intervals where you had interactions with the authorities, right? Um, did you see any change from what happened in 2012 when you first came here to today, let's say, when you got your citizenship? I because lately I have less and less right? because yeah. there's no, no no reason and and Corona speed, did speed up most of this uh, uh, and or smoothed and digitalized some of the processes with handy signature you get so many things done uh, but um, true to be told true to be told I learned the language as fast as I could mm -hmm. and it made the whole difference mm -hmm. and attitude as well I, I have a kind of attitude you know in in through life and i i always told to my colleagues and and uh, you know in in my in the first company i came here because i want to achieve something in life mm -hmm. i didn't came here because i don't have bread in my country or yeah. i don't have food on my table or i cannot afford this or that i came here because i want to achieve something in my life Mm -hmm. And this is the attitude that I always, when I went to magistrate, I was considered I'm working here or I'm just take, taking magistrate, but any service, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm living here. I'm working here. I'm paying my taxes. So it means I'm contributing to the society, which every one of us does because one way or another. So that means these people are also working for me, for us. Right? So it's, it's, it's their job. So I'm, I'm, I come with with that way so it's 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 respect very respectful but i i want these things done mm -hmm. right yeah this is this is the way how you, 
you know, you don't let them get you, uh, you know, tell you, ah, oh, come next day. No, mm-hmm. I've seen, they sent people in front of me and said, oh, it's too early to extend your visa, come in three weeks. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And they, tell, they told me the same story. It's too early to extend your visa. I said, look, I have a business trips. I have this and that. I have business to, to, to run. I need this done today. You know, I, I take that in, a, in, in consideration what you said. That's all right. Uh, mm-hmm. It will be short and maybe and so, but I need to have it done today, right? Or they tell you, okay, learn the language. The first experience I had with the insurance here that, you know, the OGK in Austria, I, I went there and I, and I, you know, I was naively trying to speak in English and the lady there told me like, you're in Austria, learn language, learn German. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's the classic. only experience that, that I had, you know, like kind of, uh, let's say bad experience, but it was also for me, I'm here, I'm learning, I want to learn the language and mm-hmm. I know the language and I'm here because for a reason. So I'm not wasting anyone's time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best. But has anything and- changed from 2012 that you could um, that you could see apart from the Hindi signature? But in, in general, what has changed, we, we mentioned one thing with Magistrat, Things that if you look at the web page with documents that they are asking today, they ask the same documents, you know, in 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. more or less. I remember that if I'm the red, white, red uh, ticket uh, at when I applied for the first, the working one was the first one was for one year, right? Mm-hmm. And the second one, I think it was, was for two years or so, or, or again, for one year, then two years, something like that. So it was nowadays, I think the first one is for two years. So they change it. And the first visa is always related to your employer. So it means you have to stay with this employer for for this first year, right? If mm-hmm. you don't want to re- repeat the process. The service, you know, this this putting up the, the service in place, it's really good now that... Uh, it, but for me, uh, Barbara, to be honest, I didn't have that many interactions with them, right? I had yearly or every two years I did interaction with, mm-hmm. with, the, with the, you know, with the system, with the administration, basically. And once I became a mom, it was a little bit more because more institutions have been involved, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so for so you, I'm not was... a representative. So we, for me and, and uh, my husband, it always meant okay. Today we go to magistrate, we submit the papers, they give us the, the confirmation, we come in four weeks or six weeks to pick it up. Mm-hmm. No, you know, because we were working from mostly day when from the almost the day when we came to Austria. Yeah. And this is the prerequisite. And then we, of course, uh, you know, German classes, we attended all German classes. When they said, okay, you have to have OSD certificate, we went and 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 did the, the B1 and the integration class and and brought the USD certificate. So basically, we were busy with, you know, making our careers, you know, uh, meeting people, traveling abroad, having life. And then there was like, okay, there's this appointment mm-hmm. with, with Magistrat this once a year. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, what do we need? Let's prepare. And, and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's more or less. Well, that's awesome that you've always seemed like you're a person um, to be prepared. <laughs> It's um, a nerd. I was always trader. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it shines through, but it uh, in this case, it really makes um, um, your life a lot easier, I think, as well. 
and and I, I must say this because nowadays there's like hundreds of com different communities, right? It's a different story today than it was 2012. I told you I found one forum back then on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And there was like stories, a lot of stories, a lot of sharing. That was the kind of first forum. And for people who are going to this process or planning to do it, don't trust everything what's on the internet. And not, not trust, but don't read into everything. Trust because everybody has its story, but don't read into everything. You never know how you lucky can how lucky you can have, or mm -hmm. how lucky you can be when you go there. You, you, you don't know. And my story, our story tells us, we, uh, tells you that we are not ex extraordinary, but we are well prepared. Mm -hmm. And we don't read into every single story and we don't get scared because of, you know, oh, they asked an additional document. Okay, they asked for an additional document. Okay, but they accepted my papers. They confirmed it and they told me send an additional document via email. Okay, I'll collect it. I'll send it. Mm -hmm. Right. So don't read into every single story. Don't get you yourself into every single story. Right. Yeah. Every story matters, but yours matter the most so mm. you go there you prepare yourself and, and you know. I, I also think that forums in general um there's often more negative stuff um towards the processes because more people who had a negative experience speak out about about the yeah. negative experience that when everything runs smoothly people take it as a given yes yeah yes yes you know you 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 understand that it is now if I think about Bosnia, Barbara, everything, uh, all documents, if you apply for Bosnia, are probably in Bosnian, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, of course, that all the paperwork is in, in in German. And I come here and I don't understand German, but I know someone who understands German, or I can go Google Translate, or I can mm. go here and there. So it's not ideal. Mm. It's not, you know, fully digitalized. It's not, you know, all paperwork also additionally in English. But there are people like you went with your partner. I went to this uh, Miglena, who was also on your show. M you know, many other people around us that went through this process and can help and share and guide mm -hmm. as well. So it's not it's 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 not ideal. Nothing is ideal. You know, everything is like here and there. Whatever we look around us. So basically. You know, don't discourage yourself if you're going to do this process. Now, okay, mm -hmm. what they what they might find out or what they might ask, or maybe it's a bad day. You have a bad day. They have a bad day. Uh, don't discourage yourself. Uh, try a different approach. Try mm -hmm. finding people who did the same. Try talking to people who had a good experience. Get prepared and and mm -hmm. go through it. That you know, leads that's me. That's a good segue from your personal story to what you do on your YouTube channel, maybe. Yes. Do yes. you quickly so, want to summarize um, all the beautiful stories you shared there? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so it's the the, the YouTube channel um, is a is a story on its own. But basically, in 2020, when I started with with my mission called Impacting 1,000 Women in IT and Tech. Uh, so I wanted to share my story because, you know, how is to build up a career in Austria coming from starting from nothing, you know, uh, I, I had this feeling, I had this urge, and it was a time when I wanted to share it. And whenever I go and whenever I talk, there were always people coming 
back to beginning of my story asking me but how was it for you when you came to austria without knowing the language without knowing the people you know without having a job so tell us more about it because they are maybe considering to to move or they're considering for the fifth time but they are not you know they're not there because of this or that reason and you know i tried to you know i was talking about your networking how important is networking mm -hmm. how important is you know to meet new people how important to go out even though if you don't like even though if you're introvert even though if you're bad day and so on but they always wanted to know this you know the starting point and i said okay i cannot answer all these linkedin messages and you know answer all all, all over there so but what i can do and this is the way i function in general is like bringing people together and say okay but i know uh that um, that sam had this experience i know that Daria had that experience. I know Miklina had this interesting story. So why not gather them around and tell their stories at mm -hmm. one place? And this is how the idea of YouTube channel was was born. Because I needed, we needed a medium. Basically, there, there was this. Everybody was asking the questions, but we needed. And and I was like, okay, my story is one story. There are mm -hmm. thousands and hundreds of thousands different stories that some people will find themselves in Miklina's stories, maybe, or in Sam's story. Mm -hmm. You know. So I wanted to. Put it together. I wanted to create something that is that is useful, that is that will last. You mm -hmm. know, that will something that can be the... shared abundantly as well. I yes. think, yeah, yes, and that will not be you know in a one LinkedIn post or, or in a one blog or here and there. I was like, okay, go there and find it. And then that uh, that's was the how the YouTube channel was born. Mm -hmm. It was just you know like that. That the, you know the the the, the emotional was more in, in place, you know, emotional side of myself. And then the, the rational came as, okay, let's create something that, you know, can mm -hmm. be reused, reshared, and that will be useful to people. Yeah. And that's how I started basically interviewing my friends and people that from my closest circle, they said, yes, let's do it. Let's give it a try. And then the, the, the word was spreading. So I was posting on LinkedIn. So people approached me directly and said, okay, I want to be on your podcast. Let's do this. I want to share my story. I know that as Attila was saying, like, oh, okay, I want, I see that the Kosovo is not, uh, that Albania is not there, sorry, on your, uh, in your flag. So I want to tell my story. And that's how we started, basically. Mm -hmm. That's how people just, you know, loved the idea. We started meeting together. Um, that was after the birth uh, of our daughter. We started meeting together once a month um face to face meeting together because i didn't know these people in person right mm -hmm. these were all new stories for me and basically we talk about you know how they came to austria what brought them love studies job you know growth opportunities so mm -hmm. there are different stories we talk about you know why is it why is why um is important to have a network, you know, mm -hmm. uh, here, how do you meet people? Where do you go? You know, so what are, what are their tips? You know, uh, we talk about some of them, you know, came here and started one job and then they moved and they started entrepreneur being an entrepreneur. They started their own businesses and now they are empowering other women mm -hmm. and men around, uh, in, in Austria with their stories, with their businesses. So it's very, very rich. Right, mm -hmm. it's not one thing. And it's like, okay, we talk only about networking, only about networking. We talk about their stories, mm -hmm. and it usually takes 
40 minutes, 40, 45 mm -hmm. minutes, wrap it up all together. And it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm very, very grateful that I had the opportunity to meet all of them, to, to record their stories. We don't do any editing. We, we just record it as it is. I upload it and it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. I, I will link it as well in the podcast so people you, can Barbara. check it out. Um, Thank you. It's beautiful so stories. And I think um, the mission you mentioned before about impacting 1000 women in IT tech and yeah. making it in Austria, essentially, um, leads back to your initial story of coming here and being shocked um, seeing no women in the classrooms at TU when you first came here, yes. right? Yes, yes, very, very few, very few. And then not just at the university, but then throughout my career, I've worked um, most of my time here. I've worked all the time from Austria, but I worked in, in, all, in the whole European market. Uh, and I had great colleagues, mostly male colleagues, but the only female colleagues or most of them were from the Scandinavian uh, uh, mm -hmm. region. So, you know, it was also for me uh, the question, okay, you know, it's, this, is, this is great, but where are all, the, all women, you know, and, you know, why are we don't have more women in our team? I work in a, in a software company nowadays. Before that, I was working in a, in a telco, uh, so which, you know, it's, it's more or less the same, basically, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's that was in the idea. Okay, how maybe sharing my story my story will help one or the other, inspire one or the other women to join. You know, the, the tech tech world. Uh, and I was also not speaking just to to women in tech, but I was speaking to all women basically who want who are here. They want to pr move in on their career. They maybe they're they're missing one or the other um, idea about networking, or maybe mm -hmm. they want to meet someone and how do they how do they do that. And I did quite a lot of things and quite a lot of podcasts and workshops for mm -hmm. all the, you know, uh, organizations that are here in Austria globally, because nowadays, you know, online, you can, can reach anyone anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a beginning of everything that I am doing. And then it just grew from me because I, then I managed to meet so many women, uh, in person throughout, you know, and, and follow them on their journey because it's such a, so beautiful stories, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. amazing. And we, and uh, with many of them, I am in, in touch over the years and it's so amazing to see what, what they are doing and, you know, coming to me and saying, I don't know how to network. I'm an introvert and I don't have what to say on LinkedIn and everybody's so smart on LinkedIn and I'm not and so on to really being a thought leader nowadays uh, mm -hmm. on, on LinkedIn. So it's, it's uh, and, and starting their own association mm -hmm. and being a speaker within a year and a year and a half for some of them. So it's, it's incredible. It's, it's really, really so. And they all have the potential. Of course, they all have the potential and, and they all have thousands of the, uh, mm -hmm. the ideas. And some of them, they show the drafts of the things that they want to do or they want to post on, on LinkedIn, but they don't, you know, they don't, they're shy on why and, and so mm -hmm. on. So basically, do you have I any do you have any resources um you want to share as well that i can link um or did I you want to mention there's particularly? still one or the other resource barbara on my linkedin profile mm -hmm. in about me section there should be one or the other uh, uh i haven't up uh, you know updated it for since probably six months but the, the resources that i have uh, are valid uh, are valid perfect so, 
I can share so, but you can also link people to 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 my LinkedIn profile in the about me section. Mm -hmm. There's there's uh, enough, and on my YouTube channel, so oh, there's also a lot. So if they uh, and podcast mm -hmm. as well, yes, I will definitely link your LinkedIn profile, Adela, as well, yeah. uh, your podcast and your um, YouTube channel. Cool. Um, and do you have any do you have any last advice or wisdom you really want to share to? Um, to get a good notes to end on <laughs> i have many barbara and i hope <laughs> I, i shared some of them uh um uh, with you all and it was really 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 good podcast and i told you at the beginning i'm really looking forward to this and i'm happy we, we did it every day so i get surprised by life and the opportunities i really do it's it's just um so many unexpected things can happen to you but you have to you know surrender yourself you have to you have to believe that it's possible you really have to believe that it that is possible you have to really you know get yourself in the mood and say i can do it mm. and i know how to do it and i will do it and i've done it before right i gave birth to a child you know what else is there to do right yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Adela. Really? So it's invitation to all of our listeners, really, to give generously. This is really, there's, there's one mm. thing, is give generously uh, to people around you. It can be a simple smile. It can be opening a door. It can be a contact on LinkedIn, because for God's sake, why do we have 10,000 contacts if you don't share them? No one is going to steal them, right? It will yes. be more if you share it. And I can give you thousands of stories how that worked for me every single day mm. every single day so please give give generously uh because it all comes together it always comes back and i think i shared at least 15 different stories where i where, where no one not even ai could predict you know the 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 ai would predict the outcome that someone on a bus ride gives me an keys to their apartment in vienna Mm, yeah that's true I like run any mathematic formula run any function you have run ask any ai to the probability for that would be 0, 0.0 no chance whatsoever so i hope that gives you enough um, <laughs> to think no uh definitely i think it was very beautiful to listen to your story especially because you're such a joyous optimist um the positivity really shines through and uh, thank you for sharing that story with um, me and every one of the listeners i hope it catches on and everyone listens to your um, words of wisdom to share generously definitely thank you barbara the reason for my joy is also you i told you that and the whole the, the work that you are doing and, and supporting uh, the, the community around us so we are all in this together so everybody's you know sharing and everyone in our community in my community making it in austria is happy to share and they are all the, the one thread that they all have all these people and they're super successful and super great people they all give generously all of mm -hmm. them if you ask them one thing can you do this for me they will do it yeah so this is one thread that goes shine through shines to all these 70 people that i officially interviewed but there's <laughs> hundreds and hundreds more of course thank you so much Thank you, Barbara. Thanks for listening. If you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told, please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com. You can also find the email address in the show notes.
Operation Stolz Austria.